Did you know that the research shows that marriage takes a hit when you have kids? One author reported in 2005 that an analysis of 90 different research studies showed that the drop in marital satisfaction is a shocking 42% larger among the current generation than our predecessors. A more recent study in 2016 showed that 67% of couples report a decline in relationship happiness for up to three years after the birth of their first child. And of course, those figures are reported in non-pandemic situations. So clearly, parenting does impact marriage for most of us. However, we want to give you some concrete ways to boost your marriage, even while you're parenting and even while you're doing that during a pandemic. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have another pandemic-related episode for you this week, although if you're listening in the future, the principles here are going to be fairly universal. But we're recording this in April of the COVID-19 crisis. This is episode number 274, and today we're going to be talking about how to balance parenting in marriage, even during this time of self-isolation. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we discussed how stress during a pandemic impacts marriage. It's worth going back and checking out. And also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. And if you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice. And most of all, we offer hope. Let's get into the topic of balancing parenting and marriage. Mm-hmm. This will be interesting. Yes. I'm struggling with this right now. Well, me too. Instagram and Facebook don't tell the full story. And I think that's a good point to remember because mm. you know we do it ourselves. And we see other people on there kind of posting photos of the good moments, the mm-hmm. ideal moments. Nobody takes a picture of all their kids sitting around the living room on their phones Mm -hmm. or watching Netflix or whatever. Yeah. I did take a picture the other day when all three of our kids were reading books at the same time, like paper books. Yes. So it was remarkable. Yes. That's not an accurate representation of how the majority of our (laughs) pandemic has gone, right? Yeah. So let's just normalize the fact that parenting is challenging now. It's actually parenting is very challenging all the time. It is hard work. It does make life more complex. Mm-hmm. It's hard to figure kids out. We have mm-hmm. three teenage daughters right now. That's tough. And those Pinterest moments are those moments of the kids doing something in the living room that you actually have you know, unqualified respect and admiration for. They're not happening all the time. No. Not to be negative, but just to be real. So that's kind of where I wanted to start for Linda was just number one, we have to recognize that there is pressure that comes with parenting. Yeah. Like pandemic or no. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot of high expectations from society that creates social pressure to have your kids excelling in many different areas or maybe in one area in particular sometimes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. either academics or sports or athletics or even with spiritual values for church going folk. And that can be exhausting Mm -hmm. and actually consuming of a lot of time and money and effort and schedule. And right now, when a lot of that is canceled, like your sports, your athletics, your social, like there's a lot of pressure on the academic for Mm. parents to be picking up, to be filling in where the teachers can't. And like that's exhausting and consuming too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially uh, for those of us that haven't really homeschooled before. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then the compounding problem on top of this is that by the time the kids are all launched now, as we kind of move this back to the marriage side of things, okay, is mom and dad can hardly, they can arrive at the point where they feel like they hardly know each other because they've been going with different kids in different mm-hmm. directions, making yeah. sure all this is happening. And they've had all this stress all the way through with little resolution between them. And it's just been a scramble for years. Mm-hmm. And at that point, divorce can become an appealing option. And it does for many. Okay. Just because they've grown apart, they've drifted apart. They haven't had relationship, like marriage relationship time. It's all been parenting time. Oh, yeah. So how do you balance all these demands then and not end up in that place? Like no one wants to end up in the place where they don't know their spouse and they're thinking of divorce. Yeah. And that's a sad place too, because you create all that history together and end up not being able to kind of celebrate it or enjoy, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, continue to hold that memory. Right. Yeah. And so the good news is there are some simple things you can do. One of them is to have a daily stress reducing conversation. (laughs) And this is absolutely something that we do normally and absolutely something that's fallen off the wagon with uh, this pandemic and the kids being home. Uh-huh. So I was like, I was like, oh yeah. Right. When I heard that. Because <laughs> it seems like right now, the only time we like have conversations is whether something's stressful to discuss. Yeah. It's problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not very stress yeah. reducing. But a stress, a good stress reducing, like stress creates overwhelm. It creates emotional reactivity. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's a little bit more on edge and tense. We're all in each other's space. There's a lot of uncertainty right now about yeah. how things are going to go. A stress reducing conversation just involves discussing the day's frustrations without having those frustrations be about the relationship between you. It's like it's something separate we're talking about as a team. Like, here's what was tough for me today, what was tough for you. So it gives both people a chance to vent, to gain support from one another, Mm -hmm. to show empathy for one another. So there's giving and taking. Very important during isolation. Yeah, we need to get back on that. Yes. So the first one was recognize the pressure. The second was having that daily stress reducing conversation. The third thing that you can do is spending time with just one another. Sounds like the previous point, but slightly different. This is good to do at any time, but it's extra hard to do right now if you have kids at home who are normally at school. Mm-hmm. Again, I think you have to forget about finding the time. You have to make the time here. Yeah, you're not going to find the time, speaking from our experience. No. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. But making that time helps restore or else kind of foster that sense of partnership. So it's not just about parenting, but also what exists between you two. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking about how to do that on a daily basis, like smaller, consistent moments, but also on an intermittent basis. Even dating is weird right now. Like we went out the other night and did drive through. Yeah, we did. That was not an amazing meal. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But I mean, what else are you going to do? Well, it's like two and a half hours in the car and we chatted, right? Yeah, yeah. So again, in a pandemic context. Like you can't even bring a babysitter over right now. Like if our no. kids are at the stage where they can stay home by themselves, right? But for kids who are parents who have kids who are little, mm-hmm. like carving out this time is tough. Is tough. Yeah. But so important. Yeah, we have kids we can leave, but I think it's important to look at this in micro sort of moments as well. Like, you know, can you get, can the, is the weather improving? You can get the two of you on the back porch for 20 minutes and yeah, mm. use the TV for a yes. babysitter for 20 minutes. Yeah, We know maybe you don't like doing that all the time. Do it right now. Right. Just to get you guys some time together just with one another. Yeah. That kind of stuff. That's good. Now, if you feel like you're a little further down this, you're several years into raising kids, aren't exactly sure how to pivot back to putting some focus on your marriage. The bonus guide for today's episode is a couple of great starting points to help you with that. And you can get that bonus guide by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People, as we do for so many of our shows. There's extra information, more learning, more you can do for your marriage. And we'll take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? 
Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about spending time with one another and also the need to have a daily stress-reducing conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a good one for Linda, and this can happen pandemic or no pandemic. Yes. Can I just stop you and go back to the stress-reducing conversation yes. for a sec? Like if you're stressed, conversations are less likely to go well. Yeah. So how do you have a stress-reducing conversation? Like how do you have a conversation that's going to... Well, that's why it's a daily stress-reducing conversation is instead of it building up over time so that like... Uh... The issue that I'm talking about now has eight days of annoyance behind it. It's just the issue that I'm talking about now, and we can both look at the issue. Right. So you might need to have kind of a powwow or two to get down to back to daily basic stress. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Okay, that's good. Okay, sorry, you were going on to... Yeah, yep. I think so. Division of labor. Oh. Yes. Yep. Now, a University of California Berkeley study tracked 100 couples from their first pregnancy through the to the child's transition into kindergarten, okay. and they found that the number one source of conflict in the first three years of parenthood was the division of labor. Interesting. According to the psychologist... Carol Page Cowan, the couples had expected a more 50-50 arrangement in the division of labor, and that wasn't what they ended up with. And the study also showed that when the dad doesn't step up, mom is more likely to report symptoms of depression. Interesting. And to quote her, she says, that's not a good recipe for parenting or for the couple's relationship. So I think this is a good one to bring up too. Yeah. Now, if you're like, ah, yes, make sure you check out episode 136 on our podcast. We talked about the division of labor, a fair division of labor there Mm -hmm. extensively, and episode 255 on emotional labor, which is really interesting too. Yes. Because that's part of this. So let's kind of chat about this one a little bit, Verlinda. Okay. Expectations are an issue, first of all. They're huge. Yes. So there's, you know, you have a baby, you expect certain things. Right. Like help in changing the diapers, help in who's going to get up at night. Yes. And how you're all going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But there's expectations too, um, when you start getting into toddlers and kids going to school, who's going to make the lunches or who's going to be, you know, I don't know, putting kids to bed, that kind of stuff. And then teenagers we're having this right now like expectations over who's having the tough conversation with (laughs) which, which teenager right yeah Right. So I think the key point that we've looked at every time we've come to the topic of the division of labor is, while we mentioned the 50-50 thing from the study, the actual most important thing is not a precise 50-50 split. It's Mm -hmm. that both partners feel that it's a fair division. Yes. Maybe you see one person is doing more of X, Y, Z. Both spouses support that, but it means that the other person does more parenting in some areas. Yeah. Yeah. And if everybody thinks that's fair, that's okay. It doesn't have to be 50-50. Like I got 
up in the night all the time with the kids. Mm -hmm. But then it was well known that when we got a dog, you got up with the dog when we had a puppy. Yes. And to me, that was perfectly fair. Was it? Did it actually work out that way? Yep. Okay. Do you know how good it felt when we got the puppy and I just elbowed you in the night (laughs) to wake you up because the puppy was crying? I don't even remember that. It must be repressed. (sighs) Oh. I remember. Huh. Yeah. It didn't feel so good when well, anytime... the baby cried and you elbowed me to wake me up. <laughs> <laughs> I think I learned not to do that pretty quick. So, But it's it's all about expectations, how we view it, whether we yep. view it as fair or not. Because other people might look at it and be like, that's not fair at no. all. Yeah. Every couple has to make their own kind of recipe mm-hmm. here. And this has to change through every transition in stages of life. Mm-hmm. For you, a job demands can cause transitions. Caring for older parents all mm-hmm. of a sudden can cause changes. Pandemics. Pandemic can cause a change in this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. There can be changes in a work schedule and the conditions that you're living in, mm-hmm. unemployment, that kind of stuff. So it might be time to revisit the dis- the division of labor. Right. Have discussion. that conversation. This can be one of the stress reducing conversations. Yeah. Except for the person who's finding out they have more parenting to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they probably sense it too. And, you know, we're kind of not sure maybe, and we hope that we don't have to change stuff, but maybe someone in the partnership needs to initiate that conversation. And it's a good one to have. Yep. Yeah, agreed. Okay, number five is simple as well. Yes. And I was just thinking on that. If you think that it's fair, maybe you should be the one to bring up the conversation saying like, hey, just want to check in that you think this is still fair. Mm. Because maybe your spouse doesn't think it's fair, but doesn't want to like seem like they're on the attack or they're nagging or whatever. And maybe you guys just agree to change it till, you know, you go back to work or whatever changes yeah. too, right? We'll Doesn't have to be... figure this out again at whenever something else yeah. changes. And I think that's what I meant when I was talking about the transitions part is that this is a moving target. It changes as life changes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we have to be continuing to have that conversation yeah. occasionally. Right. Yeah. And right now I'd say more often because life is changing rapidly, rapidly. Yeah. like different restrictions. Yeah. Life a month ago was very different than it is today. Yeah. Or five weeks now, maybe. Yeah. Number five is uh, simple for Linda, communicate with kindness. Mm. And I think it's important to recognize that there is stress around us and that does not need to become stress between us. Mm-hmm. Or it's easy to interpret it as stress between us. Or because of that frustration, I talk to you with frustration and then it feels like stress between us when it's really still just stress around us. Mm-hmm. So communicating with kindness, take a deep breath, take the edge off your tone, even find a kind way to ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. This can be difficult. Challenging. Challenging. Like for people who may have grown up in a more, you know, debating kind of family. <laughs> we Doesn't sometimes just let's hear me out. Sometimes we don't think that we're being strong in our opinion or in our voice, but it might still be coming across that way. Mm-hmm. So, well, good deep breath there. Thank you. Yeah. I guess what you're saying is that it's on the part of the listener to recognize differences in communication styles as well as the part of the person who's speaking just to be sensitive or aware of these things. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Hadn't thought of that, but... Good. It, it takes two. Yep. Number six, cultivate friendship between you. I thought this was kind of interesting. What? Well, I think we have habits that cultivate friendship that aren't working right now because the habits have stopped. Like we, we have coffee and breakfast after the kids go mm. to school. Yeah. Normally. 
Yes. And that's like our friendship moment for the day. And we haven't done that. I just realized we haven't done that in weeks. I mean, we have breakfast together, but it's not the same conversation. No. And it's, there's someone else at the table. And we like our kids, but yeah. it's not yeah. it's not the moment for us right. like it was, right? Yeah. So I think that's something we need to work on as well with the current pandemic. But couples who cultivate a friendship when they as they transition into parenthood especially, so if you're just beginning to have kids, really kind of note this and the importance of it, that the couples who do that as they transition into parenthood, they report less anger and hostility between themselves and they feel like they're better equipped to handle challenges. This is from a 2016 study. Because they're friends with their spouse. Yes. Huh. Yeah. And one way of doing this is by keeping up with the little details and events in your partner's life. So that comes back to not just a stress-reducing conversation, but spending time with one another as well, right? Right. So part of that is with the point of you know cultivating friendship, enjoying, continuing to enjoy one another so that your life, you still have a marriage. You don't just have co-parenting as the only feature of why you're together. Yeah. Do you have some examples of this? Like you were talking about our breakfast, but like say you have someone who goes out to work. Mm-hmm. So how, where can they fit this in or? Like cultivating the friendship mm-hmm. piece. Mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank. Do you have any examples? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Being in touch throughout the day. Yes. I like that. Greeting one, like when this uh, one spouse connection. home. Yeah. Yep. Make sure you stop and greet them. Yes. Because I know when I'm a little bit put out with you, like if you walk in the room, I'll just keep what I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But but when even if you're not that though, like when there's when you got little munchkins or whatever, yeah. all kind of cruising around, it's easy just to be managing the chaos all the time and not having that six second hug. Yes, I agree. So like I that's think, a friendship task. Yes. Because you if your friend walked in, you would never ignore your friend right. who came over. Right. So if you're cultivating friendship between you and your spouse, right. you need to treat your spouse like a friend. Yes. Yeah, no, I like where you're going there. That's good. Stop and even catch eye contact. I think actually the main point is are the moments of connection. So what are moments of connection? What you just identified. Eye contact, hug, like friend moments, um, reaching out with a text message, pausing in the middle of something to acknowledge and fully attend to, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's stuff you can do even during a pandemic too. Now, all of this also has benefit to your kids. And so while we're kind of really promoting these pro-marriage things, one of the things, in case you haven't heard us address this topic before that we really want you to know is that this actually is a better experience for your children as well. So you're not sacrificing your children to help when you help your marriage. Because mm-hmm. prioritizing your marriage has more benefits for your kids yes. than if you prioritize your kids. Well, the other, the opposite does not work. If you prioritize your kids, it has no benefits for your marriage. Right. And as we were saying just a few minutes ago, like you get to your launching your kids and you don't know your spouse anymore. Yeah. So actually, what here's some research. When the family unit falls apart, so do the kids. Yes. And children from broken homes have a higher rate. And we're not, we don't want to guilt everyone here, but just to note like what happens if marriages don't get taken care of. Mm-hmm. Children from broken homes have a higher rate of academic problems, of promiscuity, teen pregnancy, alcohol and drug abuse, emotional and or behavioral problems, violence, suicide, and poverty as an adult. Wow. The best way to protect your children is to keep your marriage together. You can help them so much by doing that. Because children lose a lot of their sense of security when a marriage breaks down, their world kind of unravels, and there's no amount of baseball, dance, or piano lessons, or toys that can make up for that loss right. and fill that gap that's left behind. Okay. And so one helpful quote that we found 
one from Gary Smalley and Barb Roseberg. To put your marriage on hold for 18 years or even one year while you raise children is not only detrimental to your marriage, but is also devastating to your children. Wow. Really powerful quote, right? So yeah. children need to know that the parents not only love them, but that they also love each other. And their sense of security grows as they see their parents expressing love to one another. That strong bond between you then also positions you to be better parents. Hmm. So in this pandemic, like you see all these things on social media about, you know, you weren't meant to be a teacher. Don't worry about teaching your kids. Let your teachers do that. Even when they go back in September, blah, blah, blah. The best thing you can give your kid is peace Mm -hmm. in the home and encouragement and all this. And the best way you can do that really is to love each other well. Yeah. One of the as a couple. strongest ways you can do that is to focus on your marriage during this time. And that will bring peace to your home and peace to your kids. And it's like trickle down benefits to yeah. so many other areas. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Hmm, that's cool. All good? Yeah. So we want to thank those of you who became patrons between this recording and our previous one. We had Jeff and Chase and Kenneth and Corey. Thank you to all of our supporters. We appreciate you so much. Next episode. We're talking about what causes infant. Fidelity. Sounds interesting. It's a choice, but we get the question, why? Oh, okay. So yeah. we're going to try and tackle that. Should be good. That's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 274. Find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.